Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening everyone and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap Wrap for the Round 22, uh, brought to you by Crowcast of course, and joining me tonight as usual is Macca, how are you going Macca? Yeah, very good thanks, got my letterbox fixed. Oh, it <laughs> might have been the only exciting thing we got to talk about tonight actually. <laughs> and Nicky, how are you going Nick? I'm going well, I hope my voice holds out. Very good. Uh, good evening to everyone on the Spreaker chat and also uh, to those joining us on Facebook tonight. Um, we will get right into it, I think, with some results. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm finding it hard. <laughs> I'm finding it hard to get motivated about uh, the matches this week because I tell you what, what a dog's breakfast, really, when you think about it. <laughs> Seriously, it's. Uh, oh, what did I do then? Crap. <laughs> if you, you knew what I was doing at this end. <laughs> so we can actually go through the list of who played on Friday night. That's yep. right. Don't really care. Well, you know, we've got to. This is this is the show, and we've got to do it. So let's just go ahead and do it. If I can get my bloody slides right for the lovely people, there we go. God damn! What am I doing? Now let's do it. Do it. Is, is technology getting the better of you once again, Fanny? It is actually getting the better of me, and it's surprising because you'd think that you know I'd actually be across all of this crap, but no, apparently not. <laughs> it's part of the charm. <laughs> Uh, look, anyway, on uh, I'll sort this out in a second, but let's keep, <laughs> let's keep going. Uh, on Friday night, we had Richmond playing Essendon. Essendon, of course, fighting to keep their chances alive, but uh, going down to Richmond, 12 goals, 1981 to 11-7-73, uh, by a margin there of eight points in the end. Good game to watch, I thought. Um, in fact, this is very brave, very courageous. Uh, unfortunately, Richmond had also rested a few, and in spite of that, was still too just that little bit too good. And 
you know, with the advantage of playing always at the MCG and uh, uh, going to be minor premiers, they're going to be very, very hard to beat for the grand final. It would seem so, wouldn't it? I mean, they're in such good nick, and Richmond have been playing really well. Um, but uh, they just uh, too good in the end, Richmond. Did you see it, Nick? No, not not really interested in watching drug cheats or right Richmond. Oh, Nicky, come on! These these that's a long time ago. <laughs> uh, not for some of them. My memory will never forget the right drug cheats. Okay, well let's move on then, uh, because on Saturday we had uh, a very good result: uh, Collingwood beating Power seventeen thirteen one one five to ten goals four sixty four. Uh, pretty comprehensively in the end by 51 points there, and it was uh, quite amusing listening to all the hoo-ha about that 50-metre penalty that apparently swung the game and was the difference. And last I saw, Collingwood won by 51 points. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, it was a post that were going in a couple of games ago, and now it's a 50-metre. You know, it's never their fault. It's not the fact they're no fucking good, pardon my language. Um, <laughs> Come on, Macca. Sunday night. I know, I liked... But I like seriously. the fact that everybody was saying, oh, Port was so brave. You know, they came out and kicked the first three and they were so brave, so brave. Uh, but, yeah, but then they capitulated at the end. If they capitulated, they're not brave. Uh, brave, my bum. Um, they, 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 were, they did nothing in that last quarter. They, they just gave in like a, you know, a limp piece of lettuce. And, uh, uh, anyhow, it was good fun to see Hinkley sweating away in the box. So he's a very, very ordinary coach. Well, that was an ordinary 50, though. Yeah, it was. Doesn't matter, Nicky. It's one decision. Yeah, it is. It's one decision. There's so much else. Their their Um, game style. Their their game style is not going to win a grand. They're not going to win a premiership playing that way. And I know that they're covering for injuries and all the rest of it. But they are such a dour team, and like, they're just not going to. They're never going to kick a winning a, a big enough score to beat uh, the best teams in the competition at the moment. It's never going to happen. They're going to have to change. I've said that for a whole year. They're unskilled. They, they've got very poor skills compared to the good sides. Yeah. And now, they picked, and, they, and we've actually said that they picked up players they already had a plethora of. Yeah. So why would you do that? It, it's just ridiculous. They didn't pick up to actually improve them. Is, and Hinkley can't change his game plan. Is it plethora or is it plethora? Plethora. <laughs> I'm tired. Don't care. There, there's another word that has... Double pronunciation. Anyway, uh, then we had, uh, speaking of inept, Geelong, 24 goals, 12, 158. <laughs> oh, God. Defeating, I think, Fremantle were actually there. They kicked the first couple of goals, and they? So they three goals, seven, 25. A margin yeah, of... they actually send a fo- football team? Oh, look. No, no, look, I thought Titus O'Reilly summed it up very well in his preview of the game. When he said that Geelong were holding an open uh, trading session, yep. <laughs> and, uh, he, he he did that one for the Richmond against the Suns as well. Yes, and I must admit, uh, it, it, you know, they were shocking, really shocking. I look, I I just saw maybe one two minute, minutes of the game, and I thought, no, not for me. Just ridiculous. I mean, twenty three, um, twenty three goals in a row. That's not AFL standard. Like they can't be serious no. serving that up. No, you just you can't serve that up. Ross Lyon must be under a bit of pressure right now, in my opinion. 
That's that's well, not I, sustain. That's not a sustainable performance, as far as I'm concerned. He had a a, a swinging match with uh, after the game with the uh, media because they were sort of challenging him. How long does it take to rebuild? And you know he's getting all smart after them and saying you know the fact that um, two years you expect us to rebuild in two years. Name me a side that's been, you know rebuilt in two years. And you know and he was trying to belittle the guy that was uh, making the comments. But the point is. Um, you know, really, I agree with you. From any coach that's serving that sort of stuff up with with his team, it's got to be under scrutiny. I would think so. I mean, Lions had a, a fair amount of time there now, and uh, they're nowhere. They're absolutely nowhere. And I, I would imagine that the. I mean, it was such a coup for them supposedly signing him in the first place. But what has he done for that club? He's done absolutely nothing. Um, I agree. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think anything will happen in the off-season for uh, Ross Lyon, but I don't reckon uh, I don't reckon he's uh, in too good a shape with the board. He shouldn't be, anyway. Uh, he'll be all right, but he'll get through. He'll, he'll coach next year. But I would say that they, they'd be looking for some improvement next year, or maybe then he could be in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Tyler's on the uh, Facebook chat, and he says uh, that he lives in Perth, and the story at the moment is that Ross is going to get the boot. So... Very interesting times ahead for Fremantle. They've gone a long time with uh, no success. Uh, they've gotten close once or twice, but uh, really, uh, it's a bit of a rabble there. Anyway. And and lost their um, list manager. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Um, uh, Lloyd's brother. What's his name? Brad? Brett? Brad. Brad, yeah. Brad. Now... Uh, on the other side of the coin, you've got Sydney Swans beating the Giants 11-14-80-8, goals 12-60. You just cannot help but be impressed by Sydney because they were on the canvas a month ago. Yep. They have one of the highlights of the night, of the, you know, of the whole round, really, uh, this particular game. But you've also got GWS, who have got a lot of players already out injured and got more players injured during the game, and yet... Uh, they led until towards the end of the, you know, really until the last quarter. And Sydney, who never, ever give up, they got them at the end. And uh, Buddy Franklin turned on a, a monster show. He he just, well, he personally monstered GWS and uh, uh, with some good help from Luke Parker. But uh, a very good game to watch and, and a very high standard compared to some of the other crap that we had to watch over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the Giants. I'll, I'll just... Sorry, go on. Um... Um, just on that though, that was the there was one moment which did change that game, which was Phil Davis getting an injury, and they had to take him off a of buddy. Certainly had an impact. He yeah. was holding Buddy so well and rebounding so much, but as soon as he got that injury and they had to move him up forward, Buddy got off the chain. I, I totally agree with you, Nicky. And, and as I say, GW is very brave, but also Phoenix is totally right. Sydney just never give up, and then. Uh, you know, they, they looked they were, like they were on the canvas a few weeks ago, and here they are, they're going to play in the finals, and you know that they'll give a good showing. Yeah, um, you'd, you'd love following the slow, uh, the, the, the Sloans, the Swans at the moment, because <laughs> they they all give they always give you something, you know. I mean, they struggle at times, and at times they look second rate, but at the business end of the season, I mean, they're, they're going to end up, uh, all, like, they're in a, a good position now to have a top four spot and a double chance and you we had them missing the the eight a month ago yep i remember uh during the game i think there was a comment that 
if they if they make the final, which they look like doing, and they will, um, it'll be something like eleven or twelve years in a row. I think they said. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's a massive it's effort. Pretty amazing. Massive. And effort. I, and as much as we were kind of that time, we were bagging that you know Longmire just coaches one way, and you know, you know what you're going to get against Sydney, and that their midfield is slow and can get exposed because of that. But I think we've not. We also noticed that one of the things was that they now can't win at home, mm. but they win away because they have actually tweaked their game plan. So he figured out he was their Achilles' heels. They couldn't win on the MCG. The well, game plan didn't work for that. Now they are winning on those bigger ovals, which is what um, Spotless Stadium is as well. But they still, but they can't win at home. It's, it's just kind of this little ta- catch twenty two. Actually, it's quite an astute point, Nikki, because they've lost, I think, five at home, and uh, uh, they've got a very important game to play out there on the weekend uh, at at home, and it'll be interesting to see if they can win it, because I'm sure they have tweaked their game plan to suit the bigger ovals. Yeah, I think you're right. Let's move on, and um, quite a willing game, this. Who who knew there was such bad blood between these two teams? A a bit of... uh, Um. A bit of uh, um, back and forth during the week and then uh, 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 some ungracious efforts, I, I reckon, by a couple of Brisbane Lions players in the end, Zorko and uh, a couple of others. Uh, but the Lions getting yep. up 10 goals, 18-78 to the Suns, 11-8-74, four points there. Um, and, yeah, you know, say what you like, but I think it's good for the game and probably good for the Gold Coast Suns uh, that some rivalry builds up between those clubs. Yeah, and a pity for them too, because they actually led until fairly late in in the game. Um, and uh, but I did I did like the uh, where Fagan, the coach of Brisbane Lions, uh, when he, in his after match uh, press conference, uh, apologised on behalf of uh, what Robert Robertson said, and uh, and said you know he was the usual standard. He'll learn from that. <laughs> he probably won't. Yeah, he probably won't. No, but probably. you know, I th- but I thought it was good that he actually said that out publicly and and put that apology out there because, um, like, well, it's good to stoke things up like that. Um, and it did. There was a lot of uh, bad blood between them. Surprising um, amount, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, there was. But uh, well, when I, you get called soft, I would like to see Gold Coast win it, but but Brisbane Lions just a little bit too good for them. Yeah, yeah, um, and then of course. The Saints. So where did they get that one from? Eleven goals, ten seventy six. Just going down, pushing <laughs> Hawks all the way. Twelve goals, eight uh, eighty. A margin there of four points. And uh, Hawthorne looked like they already had one eye on the finals, to be honest. But St Kilda, their skill level kills them every time. Now it's that time of the year where seasons are over and players' careers are on the line, and they start pulling their finger out. Mm. Well, they certainly played. You a, always get results like this once a team season is over. Well, they played above what I would have expected them to play. Um, I mean, it was a fifty-fifty game, and Phoenix uh, uh, is right. If Saint Kilda had a reason, had the same skill level as Hawthorne, they would have trounced them um, because Hawthorne's got much better skill. But uh, in the end, just a four-point margin. Yeah. And they uh, had so many chances to score. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They really should have won that game, St Kilda. Um, but, uh, look, Hawthorne are also sniffing around, and I reckon they're one of the teams that uh, 
form goes out the window at times in finals and uh, I think Hawthorne are one of the teams that, that can get under Richmond's skin so it'll be interesting to see if they do get a double chance um, definitely what they what sort of damage they can do going forward um, and the last uh, well Carlton Bulldogs who cares 10 goals 666 749 uh, yeah, no Bulldogs problem. getting up who really that cares that was a lot closer than I expected yeah, but again, I, I guess you it, same sort of thing. It, it, when you've got two teams that are playing for nothing, um, yeah, you know it, the result can is irrelevant really. It's just a training run, and uh, Melbourne probably uh, stamping uh, their finals credentials. I think that was a really really strong win by Melbourne. Uh, West Coast came back at them late. Uh, and Melbourne prevailed in the end uh, reasonably comfortably by, what's that, uh, 17 points, 16, 12, 108 to 14 goals, 791 on West Coast home deck. Yeah, I think the turning point in that game really was West Coast losing their key forward, and um, they really didn't have an organised forward line after that. And, uh, whereas, and Melbourne, look, I'm not taking anything away from Melbourne. Melbourne had to travel. And uh, I, I think, you know, Melbourne, they seized the whole of the game. Um, and they didn't, then West Coast did grab it from during the last quarter. But, uh, yeah, then Melbourne steadied again and at the end were running right over the West Coast again right at the end. So, uh, um, sadly, I was hoping Melbourne would lose for our drafting position. <laughs> we, we, get, we get their first uh, draft pick. But, uh, no, nah, they had a deserved win. They did. Now, because I didn't see it, so what actually happened to Darling? I heard it was something like a tackle that he got injured. Yes, it was, and um, uh, quite. And he he's, he's hit his head on the ground. It didn't look much at the time that he was tackled. They reckon. Now, it's amazing if it's if it's not an Adelaide player involved in the tackle, doing the tackle. Everything seems to be okay, but you know, like he's. Um, He's turned him, he's rolled him, and he's and thrown him to the ground, and he's hit his head, and uh, that's the rest of the story. But uh, does he not have a duty of care either? I don't know. I, this thing's got me beat with a duty of care about the head. Well, I think uh, it's a very good point, Macca. Uh, Texas um, suspension last week, it wasn't a sling tackle by definition. It was certainly a double-action tackle, and it resulted in a, a head elements, injury. Elements of a sling tackle. Yeah, but there's not a lot of difference. There really isn't a lot of difference, and the outcome is the same. The West Coast lost Darling for the match. Uh, it probably it did have an impact. Um, it should be looked at. It'll be very interesting to see if they actually even mention it in dispatches. Yeah, and there's a couple of our games that should be looked at as well. Yeah, we'll get to that. So anyway, we're left with a ladder of uh it's almost set now the top four is still up for grabs um we've got collingwood hawthorne sydney and the giants all possibly uh well i don't think melbourne can make top four uh all vying for a top four spot you've got richmond and west coast pretty much set uh port adelaide out (coughs) of the eight and likely missing the eight now uh due to their terrible percentage and geelong having their home game next week against the suns um, and after that percentage booster against Frio, that's pretty much them done. North Melbourne also done today. Essendon also done. Adelaide also done. Uh, Western Bulldogs, Fremantle, Brisbane, St Kilda, Gold Coast and Carlton. Let's talk about us, eh, shall we? 
Because <laughs> you sound so enthused. <laughs> Get ugly. Damn, that's ugly. It was only ugly because no one cared. I think. I cared, I was there. Well, what was the crowd atmosphere like, Nikki? Um it it was that that little quiet kind of murmur in that first quarter when they started to get a bit of the you know, that, that first, the start of that first quarter where they had control of it and we're like, oh, here we go. Here's a midfielder, poor bloody um, back line. They're going to be under it all game. And then part of the way through, we tightened up the midfield. We really started to pressure them and the crowd started to get a bit more involved. Um, it, they said there was 41,000 there. Pretty sure they're lying. Yeah. I think there was less than that. Um <laughs> yeah. But you know, it was it got noisy at times with some of the stuff. We got a little bit frustrated with some passing, but there, there were some other amazing passes that happened. Um, and then when they were really getting that run on in the last, um, there, there was as you can hear from my voice, <laughs> and um, a run on with assistance from three men in green. Hmm. Um, there was there was a bit more a bit more noise, and then that final, the eighteen seconds to go. That was a lot would of noise. Say, would you say, Nikki, that it's fair to say that the players played with a fair amount of freedom? That uh, they've been told, uh, apparently, I think they've been told to go out and just enjoy themselves. And um, it certainly looked at times like that's what they were doing. Oh, there, there were some beautiful passages of play um, that we, we actually had, some really proactive handballs. Um, and we, we were very much in their face. Um, and restricting that midfield as much as we could. And you saw the results of it that by doing that, Brown hardly got a sniff um, at the ball. It's it's only when there was that little fast break. But there there was some smart play that was going on. I think that frustrated people because we kept, like, kicking it back and around and everything. It's like sauce at one stage. You marked on the wing and then he kicked back into the the back lines. Everyone's like, ugh. I'm like, look ahead. They've got Wait and Magic Door standing in that hole. Everybody else is manned up. He had nowhere to go. He had to bring it back and open up. It was actually smart play, um, but people only focus on that um, little bit. Do you know, uh, do you know once we lost Nick, two day, that was hard. Do you know, Nick, I just asked you how the crowd was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't ask for a match Macar- summary. Macar- Sorry, but then Macar asked me. About, you know, some of the play. Yeah, no, it's all good. Look, uh, Adelaide getting up in the end, 12 goals, 14.86 to 11.11.77 with a bit of a last quarter fight back from the Ruse, as you mentioned. Um, JJ kicking three for us and Jared Waite having a little cameo and a burst at the end there where he he looked like he might break the game right open, especially with Tom going down. Um, We really didn't have a match-up on Jared Waite and he ended up with three as well. Um, look, I'm sure on Tuesday night, on Tuesday Night Live, we're going to talk about the merits of the team that we selected and all the rest of it. So how about tonight we just uh, try and stick to the script and just talk yep. about the game um, and uh, we'll leave the... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chamba life is for everybody. So go to ChambaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChambaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChambaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, we'll leave the, the bigger questions till Tuesday night because I reckon there'll be a lot of discussion um, about the team that we put on the park. But, look, I, I was pleased to see the endeavour of, of the... Uh, at the start, the first five minutes, I thought we were so flat we were going to get rolled by 15 goals. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, I, I don't think we'd been revved up at all for the game. I think we'd... And um, I can't remember who it was who was interviewed after the game and they said that the... the, the, the I think they said they'd been told to go out and enjoy themselves. And I yeah, that was Eddie Betts, I think. Yeah, and they looked like that. Yeah, they started off that way, and then then they they sort of seemed to realise that they've got to put a bit of effort in as well. Um, and uh, well, I think you know our midfield started to get on top. Once we got on top in the midfield, um, you know, Crouch had a terrific day getting the ball, and um, Gibbs, as did Gibbs, um, Led uh, hanging around, running through, um, and Miller and that. We and we got a lot of possession and some very good possession. And uh, um, from, say, probably about two-thirds of the way through the first quarter onwards uh, until about uh, a third of the way into the last quarter, uh, they just weren't... They were no threat at all. We were, looked like we were just toying with them. Yeah, agree, Macca. Then, then, the, then they had that <clears throat> burst, and we put... Uh, then we finally, um, you know... Um, we put what well, I forgot the bloody name. Forty-one, <laughs> McGovern back. McGovern, we put yeah. McGovern. Yeah, we put McGovern back. And I, as I said on Tuesday, I I would have liked to see him play the whole game back there because um, up forward he was pretty pathetic. I thought, um, but when he went down back, he was reading the ball beautifully, and uh, and he looked like a very good player. And it would have been the best way to run him back into top form, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. I know we're not talking about, um, uh, you know, bigger picture stuff, but Gov looked really disinterested for large large portions of the game to me. No, he wasn't. He, he, I'm no, saying he, he, was, was, he was... Sorry, no. Nicky, I have to agree with Phoenix there. He would yeah, not... But you're look. looking on the camera, you're not looking at the game, and the game's once the camera's, once again, not showing you everything that he's doing. And, what's, and you can't see his facial features, et cetera, from about 100 metres away either. That's Nicky. very true. His face, his face has always looked like that. Oh. He's always looked like that. Even when he's, like, having amazing games, his face generally tends to look like that. Well, Phoenix... You're reading something into it that's not there. Well, I, I I will stick with Phoenix on that one. I'll stick fat on that one because, in my opinion, he he doesn't look like a player who really wanted to be there. Well, it wasn't so he's much... He's not going anywhere, trust me. wasn't so much that. It was more... Um, uh, 
it was the the reactions after goals and all that sort of stuff. It was how the other players were getting around him. And and you're right, um, Nikki. You know, I mean, we could be reading stuff into things. And you are. He's always like that. Well, you can't say categorically that we are. In your opinion, we are. So, in my opinion, it did look <laughs> as if he was slightly uh, disengaged. Um, so you know, I mean, I don't know. It's, the the situation with Gov is going to be very interesting in the, the off-season and it could be all, you know, that smoke won't. and... F- well, it could be. It could be. You can't say categorically that it won't be. He may well be the uh, the pawn that Adelaide uses to try and get hold of the number one, number two pick. Well, but you know... You bundle, you bundle him up with the first-round draft pick and you, and you get it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I... It just seemed a little bit disengaged. Um, the players didn't really seem to get around him terribly much. Um, but, you know, as I said, and you're right, Nick, could be reading stuff into it that's not there. Um, but I, I, he did look good down back. Um, I, I felt he looked very good down back, actually. Um, so uh, No, he'd be a gun down there. A gun, because he, he, he does read the play beautifully down there. He's mm. just like his brother does and. Uh, and he's got a beautiful set of hands. And, and uh, when the ball's coming in like that, where he's uh, not having to be the one that's getting hammered from behind, he looks very, very good. Yeah. yeah. So, um, look, let's run through. I'm tr- sorry, I'm trying to get uh, some stats going here, and it's not happening for me. So uh, the late uh, the late game stuffed me up, so our pretty, uh, pretty graphics probably aren't going to work uh, tonight for the stats. But I will reel some off because uh, look, head to head was interesting. Um, Four sixty four disposals to three seventy two. We just went one to one, kicked a handball, and Matty Crouch was probably the one that contributed to that the most. Uh, Marks one twenty yeah, to one hundred one. Yeah, tackles fifty seven. A record number of sorry, record number of handballs. Why, why are you actually? Why why are you interrupting me? Because it's job. <laughs> give you a fact. Well, give it to me when we're talking about Crouch. Um, hit outs thirty to thirty-eight. Uh, Goldstein. Uh, I didn't think Source played too bad. Um, where were we? Scoring shots twenty-six to twenty-two. Obviously, where's our inside fifties? Fifty-six to forty-seven. That was even more skewed up until the last quarter. Uh, rebound fifties were even at thirty-six apiece. Um, just flicking the page over our contested possessions, one forty-seven to one thirty-six. Uncontested possessions were massive disparity, three twenty-one to two forty-one. That really reflected the the two different styles of of game. Uh, North for the large part of the game had numbers back, and we were just trying to pick through their their zone um, before they really opened it up in the last quarter. Uh, three fifty effective disposals to two seventy-four, seventy-five percent disposal efficiency um look contested marks uh, we I, I felt we got beaten in the air 10 to 16 marks inside 50 uh, 11 to 13 clearances we were not bad 37 to 30 although again a lot of that was stoppage clearances uh, and whilst we did win center clearances 13 to 11 i felt again for large portions of the game our center clearance work wasn't great uh, around the around the stoppages was good though 24 to 19 um, turnover 72 to 79, intercepts 79 to 74, tackles inside 50, which I thought again let us down terribly. Our forward pressure uh, 6 to 14. 
Now you can talk, Maka. Oh, just to put my hand up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You should be used two to games, that at home. Two games oh. to go, and he's finally, you know, he doesn't want to interrupt. <laughs> well, he, I was only adding to what he was saying about the fact that the Crouch was fundamentally responsible for it. And uh, Come on, I was stop looking and make a bloody comment. I was adding the fact that he was, was 35 handballs. And uh, that 35 handballs is a, is a record in, in the game. And shut up, Jason McKay, I am awake. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he, what is it? He beat Tom Mitchells by one. Yeah. Yes, he did. I, they, AFL had Matty Crouch as our best. I didn't, I couldn't see it. I, I will talk about that uh, when we get into the individuals, but I, I wasn't terribly impressed with Matty Crouch's game, to be perfectly honest with you. Oh, no, he had a very good game. Very good game. Yeah, I thought he had some really... So, a lot of the... So, yeah, he had the 35 handballs, and I've ragged on Tom Mitchell before. He gets so many possessions and everything else, but they're often in too close, and I can't see how proactive they are so much. But I I thought Crouchy was really proactive with um, a number of those handballs, which really opened up the play. In the last quarter, when the pressure was on Nicky, Matt Crouch did three handballs over his head to no one. It, his, I'd his, have to watch that quarter. Yeah, uh, it was very noticeable, uh, and one of them resulted in um, one of them resulted in a goal to North, um, and it, you know. Uh, Matt, Matt Crouch is still not in great form, in my in my opinion. And when you've got such a disparity, um, you know he's got a two to one uh, handball to kick ratio in forty five possessions. And yes, some of them were very good um, and constructive, but a lot of them weren't. A lot of them weren't. Uh, and we rag on about Tom Mitchell uh, being ineffective uh, with the amount of disposals that he gets. And that I, I felt that was the type of game that Matt Crouch had tonight. He, he wasn't damaging with his disposals. Well, I, I think you're not giving him a lot of credit for a setup that they obviously have at boundary throw-ins in particular, where Crouchy stands in the front, uh, the ball comes forward, he gets it and he knows where a Crows player is and shoots it out to him. And mainly it was Gibbs. Uh, it was Gibbs was one of the uh, main recipients today. Um, and... Rather than turning around on his left foot and kicking blindly, he, what he does, he gives it to a player who's well aware the ball's going to come to him, and uh, that player then uses the ball a lot better. I, I, I think you're selling him a, a very short, and I think to, to get the ball 46 times in itself is, a, is an achievement. No, it's and not. Think, not, when uh, you're, not, when you're an, not when you're a front-running midfielder. Not when you're our number one or number two midfielder and our number one inside midfielder. Well, I think it how, is. How many times, though, do, does mid, do midfielders get those numbers regularly over the 40s? There's not too they, many. They don't. There's not too many that do. And, on top, of, and on top of that, a lot of them were, uh, you know, they're just little. Yeah, there were some that were wasted, and there's always going to be when you've got 46. But there were also a lot that I thought set up play, and in the, I thought he had an extremely good game. So in the first quarter, yeah, he had I, one. I wouldn't say he was best. But I think he was in the best players. In the first quarter, he had one kick and ten handballs, Macker. In the second quarter, he had three kicks and ten handballs. He had four kicks and 20 handballs to half time. Yeah, and I did make a comment, Mrs. Mack, at half time, but I think there were about 
probably in that first half, at least half a dozen times, he should have kicked rather than handball. That's what you I'm know? getting at. That's what I'm getting that, at. But, but that also means there was a hell of a lot of times that he did the right thing as well. Yeah. Uh, mm. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Um, look, he, he, I reckon it might have been addressed at halftime because he went 5-9 and nine in the third quarter and 2-6 and six in the last. Um, but uh, I, I feel like when Matt's not quite on song... Uh, and look, don't get me wrong. I think he's a, a wonderful player, and his best is very, very, very good. Um, but I, I feel like when he's not on song, he gives the he's a bit of a hot potato player. Um, he doesn't seem to have a great deal of time with ball in hand, and he tends to give the first option. And sometimes he he sells other players into trouble, or he doesn't look for an opportunity to uh, be aggressive with his ball movement. Um, and there are times I think that he could take an extra second and uh, use the ball by foot a bit more, which he does do when he's uh, on top of his game. Well, um, I, I, while I agree with you on that, there, there are those occasions, I do think you're generally very harsh on it. It was either last week or the week before that you said you didn't like his game, and yet uh, both Pike and the opposition coach gave him five, five votes as best. Well, that's good. So what I'm saying is I think, <laughs> I think you're generally harsh on him. Well, I could be. Well, that's my comment. <laughs> <laughs> where, where do you want it to go now? Um, you know, what, what I want to see over the um, pre-season is he work with Gibbs about how Gibbs is able to do those sidesteps, create that space, because he's a master at it. That well, gives yeah. him that little bit of opportunity to size it up and then make the decision. And that that's a classic point. example, Nick. Sorry, Mac. No, no, that was it. That was, I was going to say, that was, that was really... That, those two mainly working together, uh, I think, uh, where it becomes very, very productive. But you're right, though. There are times when he, when he, when he overdoes it, when, even there, when there is an option to kick it, and then he tries to find some, uh, somebody with a handball and probably makes it slightly not quite as good as it was. So... Um, yes, and I think he probably may have been addressed at halftime. But having said that, it still takes a lot of work to get 46 possessions. Of course it does. Of course it does. And when you're right next to the, the play, it's less um, less difficult. Um, look, we had uh, Rory Laird on 20 and 21. That's a nice ratio. 21 kicks, 20 handballs for 41 disposals, 9 marks, 2 tackles, 4 inside 50s, um, Five rebound 50s. Uh, what else have we got? Eight contested possessions when it's 73%, which is always good when Leddy's disposal efficiency is up over 70s. Four score involvements. Gained us 452 metres. Turned it over a little bit eight times, uh, but six intercepts as well. Um, I thought he was pretty rock solid. Uh, he played a very good game. Uh, extremely good game. And he always plays a very good game. Um, he... He also does a, you know, a few jackdaws running past and getting uh, possessions that way too. But 
I don't mind because he's a very good user of the ball. Uh, but he's <laughs> Except also... when he does the dolly kicks high up in the air. Be pun? So when he does his little dolly kicks to go high up in the air. Yeah, that's probably the only criticism sometimes. Yeah, but but you guys, you take it on an overall percentage of what he does, Nicky, you, you end up with a but, pretty good efficiency rate. But that's the same thing is you're, you're forgiving Lady that he does that mm. and yet you're not forgiving Crouchy. And that they both had their limitations yep. of um, in terms of some, <clears throat> some skills. Um, the fact that we've got both of them is an absolute bonus. Um, they had Anderson. I think they were trying to tag him a little bit um, at times. Then once again, didn't really work. I, I had them both, those two, as the, the two best on for us, anyhow. Yeah. Uh, Laddie did uh, his best work in the third quarter. He had um, 12 effective disposals uh, out of 12. Uh, he did turn it over a little bit in the first half, um, but uh, I, I felt overall he was he was pretty good. It was actually very hard for me to pick a, a best player. Um, Sloney uh, again six and twenty three for twenty nine touches, three marks, six tackles, three inside fifties, eleven clearances for Rory, um, twenty contested possessions, uh, seventy five or seventy six percent disposal efficiency. Uh, his clearance breakdown, six centre clearances, five stoppage clearances. Didn't gain us a hell of a lot of meterage, 147. He was a bit more in and under than usual. Uh, three score involvements and eight intercept possessions. I probably would have had, had Sloney as my best, actually, in terms of over all-round game. Yeah, my one criticism, what was his efficiency rating with his disposal? Uh, what did I say? 76%? Yeah, it, that was actually good considering oh. how in close he was working, um, yeah. and I'm he he was he was that in and under macker. He yeah. was and he was doing that desperation stuff that we we love so well from him. Just getting the hand in, trying to to stop them breaking free. Some really great. I mean, you, you'd call them almost tackles, but it was enough to put that pressure on that they then couldn't get a a clean getaway and it allowed us to pressure even more. I think you gave a great example to the side of how you, how you should work your ass off to try and get the ball. I th- no, no, no doubt about that. I thought he was very, very good at that. Yeah. Uh, again, look, a, a bit of a criticism of the kick-to-handball ratio. Um, the second quarter, he had second and last quarter, he had zero kicks in both those quarters. Um, and, you know, I know he was playing inside a bit more, but... You know, we have Huey and we have Matty Crouch and Sloney's great strength is getting on the outside and, and um, um, using his, his leg speed and, and his penetrating kick and uh, I just don't think we're using him effectively at the moment. What, Sloney? Yeah, I, d- I don't think we're using him effectively. We're, um, we're not using his strength. I think that's probably what he's not using it because... Uh, no, well, it's, think... it's the role that he's got to play, Macca. Well, when he's getting 20 contested possessions and when he's getting the clearance numbers that I just read out, uh, he's obviously got a role to play inside the contest and I don't think that's the role that's, that make, takes advantage of his strength. No, not necessarily. I don't know whether he's playing in structures or whether he just chose to do that. I can't, can't comment on that, but um, he certainly can't. I know what you're saying is, is, is correct because he's very damaging when, when he's outside like that. But um, I just think he can't help himself. I think he just goes in there. Yeah, but if he's not if he's not there, then he. If you understand what I mean, like it's it's where he's positioned, and uh, I, I get 
the fact that he's a bit of a seaball, get-ball kind of guy, and, and that, uh, to his credit. But uh, six kicks from Rory isn't using... It's either him or team instruction, whatever, but six kicks from Rory is not using him effectively, in my, in my opinion. Oh, I can't argue with that, that. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, Gibbsy, 14 and 13 for 27. Three marks, kicked goal, uh, five tackles. Um, four clearances, three inside. Oh, my, my eyes are going. Three inside fifties, uh, two rebound fifties. He ha- only had seven contested possessions, so he definitely was an outside player for us. Uh, only went at seventy percent. I, I thought he was a bit sloppy with uh, his disposal. Um, what else have we got here? Three stoppage clearances, one centre clearance, seven score involvements. Uh, turned it over a couple of times. Three eighty-one meters game. As I said, I just felt that Bryce looked a little bit sloppy. Well, I think that in general, I thought there was a little bit of that attitude about the players today. That I think, I think that it's quite right they've been told to go out there and enjoy themselves. And um, you are right in when you look at the overall handball ratio to kicks; it's it's not right. It's it's far too many handballs overall, and uh, and I think that's the players have just played their their own game. <laughs> Well, I, like. I mean, I mean, I think some of that was uh, was because of the what we were up against. I mean, North Melbourne do try to clog things up, and we were specifically trying to pick our way through their zone. I, I felt like we overused the ball in the back half. There are a yeah. number of number of times that we got ourselves into trouble um, with errant disposals, and then a chain of handballs that just sold the next bloke into trouble, and um, you know, often resulted in a turnover. Um, and I, I feel in general we overuse the handball, and I think that contributed to a pretty lacklustre inside fifty um, um, method. Because you know, as well as I do, that when when the ball bounces around and it's unpredictable in terms of the the path that it's taken coming forward, the forwards have got no hope. Well, that's true. It, very, it makes it very very difficult. Well, forwards got no hope when they're being continually held on and shoved off the ball. Um, I actually don't... No, that's what was happening. Um, I disagree with you on Gibbs because when they really got a run run in the last quarter, that's when Gibbs had to be... He was plonked in the forward line. Mm. And we're all just looking at at midfield, the way it was going, going, we need Gibbs back in that centre. Because when he was in that centre, we were so much more proactive. We were so much freer... And a lot of it was him actually creating that space, directing that little bit of traffic to get it out clear. I actually have him up there in the best players for me. Oh, you know, he, he, might, he might not have got the most possessions, etc. but I thought his influence uh, when we were playing well was and when he was pulled out of that midfield was really telling. Yeah, well, he, was, he was had a good game, but he was mainly playing as an outside player, Nicky. And yeah. uh, uh, when when you're right, when he wasn't around the centre, he's not there to give the ball to. And he is generally a fairly uh, good use of the ball, and generally makes good decisions. Um, yeah. But uh, well, Nicky, you did. Nicky, you did say it right though. That last quarter, he had one handball for the quarter. Now, I, yeah, because they kept it bloody out of there. I, I've been banging on about this now for a couple of weeks, and it's again what I was referring to with regards to Rory Sloan. I, I don't know whether we're playing 
using the strengths of our players. Uh, last week we had the situation where uh, during that third quarter in the GWS game. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our two-gun inside midfielders hardly got a sniff at, at center clearances. They only, you know, they only appeared at, at three out of about eight or nine. Uh, this week, we're taking our premier quarterback midfielder a bloke that distributes the ball we had him playing that way in the first three quarters it's a pretty good effect you're right nick and we play him up forward in the last for no particular reason other than maybe to cover off mitch going back although mitch only went back for the last 10 minutes and uh, as a consequence he goes from having 12 touches in the third quarter to one handball in the last i, I don't hey, rid- understand ridiculous isn't it that is ridiculous it, it's not a, and you know they might have been trying stuff, for, uh, you know, uh, with regards to setups and structures and all the rest of it. We don't know, but on the surface, it just seems like a bizarre p- uh, move to make. I, I don't get it. And you're right, Nick. It, it had a big impact on the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I think mm. Campo needs to go. Well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Rory Atkins got a lot of the ball, 15 and 12 for 27, took six marks, uh, three tackles, um, three inside 50s, uh, four rebound 50s, only the five contested possessions, uh, but as an outside player, that's not bad, 70% disposal, um, one stoppage clearance, three score involvements, uh, gained us 423 metres, turned it over a bit seven times, three intercept possessions. I'm not quite sure what to make of Rory Atkins' game, to be honest. Mixed bag. Um, he did some <laughs> good things, but a couple of times there he tried to emulate what uh, Miller was doing, dancing in and out of players. He certainly doesn't have the same ability that Miller no, does. He's still got away from them, though. Uh, well, sort of, Nicky, but they ended up with a, like a, a ragged disposal rather than what he could have done in the first place, which was a decent disposal. Oh, there's one that um, there was that beautiful pass to Lynch. Well, that's what I'm getting at. He, you know, like he, uh, uh, when he's out in the open and he concentrates on what he's doing, he's got a he's got a deadly foot, and uh, you know, I'd like to see him concentrate on doing that a bit more rather than dancing around people all the time. Um, leave that to Miller; he's the star at it. But um, no, Rory, Rory had he did some good things and he did some Rory things. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I think that the, the comment um, that um, Vardy Magic made, he played with decent intensity. And that's what I liked from his game. There was a, a rise in intensity and keeping involved in the game for longer. Um, I also agree with Just, yeah, I agree with He, he did with Just. Look, uh, at the end of the day, if we're talking about pl- players playing their role and, and us using their strengths, then, you know, as as long as Rory goes when he needs to go, that's, that's I'm, I don't expect him to be Jack Zebel bloody knocking people out. But... As long as Rory goes when he needs to go, and he he did lay a couple of tackles, and I felt like he was involved in the play. I actually don't like. 
you know, you pointed out that that pass that he that he uh, kicked to Lynchy there, Nicky, and it was a perler. Um, we need more of that from Rory. I, I felt like he was uh, playing quite deep defensively. I, I, you know, he's one of the few guys that can distribute into forward fifty really effectively, and I, I feel like he needs to be one of our uh, outlet players. Uh, like when we're when we're transitioning, he needs to be the bloke that we're trying to release to get the ball into our forward fifty, and I don't think we actually do that often enough. No, I agree with you. No, well, I mean when he when he is doing that, I don't think there's any player in the team, uh, perhaps other than Miller, who, who can do it as well as him. Yeah, he's got a very good eye for kicking to grass, Macca, um, and that's exactly what he did. He almost led Lynch to that ball uh, that he passed he, in. He, not almost, he did. Yeah. He so, did. and that's what, and that's the sign of, of someone who can see the game really well. Um, and when he's got time and space, we know that he's a really good kick. So, uh, these are, these are the things I think maybe we lack a little bit that we, you know, Atkins. And maybe it was because Brody Smith was a late withdrawal, and you know we got messed around with our structures with Tom going down as well. Um, yeah, that, that sent DMAC back into the back lines. I should have sent uh, DMAC into the stands, but anyway. Um, Oi, I liked his game. Why? Because he bumped into a few blokes. Come on. No. no did, I'm sorry. Did you miss those beautiful timed runs that he did pass to oh, receive the ball? It was amazing. I, I set my watch board. to them. That was so well timed. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were actually really good. And yeah, he was really reading. Good. He was reading the play so well, um, and we because he had to go back. It meant that Seed and Rat had to play longer on the wings. Yeah, all I can say, he must have offended somebody at Northville because they, they all seemed to be trying to kill him all day. Wow. Oh, they, they, they were so dirty. I, I'd be so, no, they weren't dirty. They just played hard. I I wouldn't mind betting that D Max oh, got a bullshit. busted rib. He ought to have one some of the knocks he got. Yeah. Oh, he still kept running. Yeah. But anyway, we're talking about D-Mac. Um, who else have we got? Uh, Seed, I thought, was uh, reasonable. Uh, 16 and 7 for 23, 7 marks. Um, yeah, should have been 8. Yeah. Oh, th- yeah, he dropped the car. He definitely dropped the car. Yeah. And Jack Dool was not happy about that happening. The certain irony about it was that the only reason he dropped it was he actually leapt too high, and the ball actually went in underneath his hands. You know, yeah, he got his thumbs. Yeah, yeah. it was just just underneath his hands. He got up so high, um, and I, I reckon if he'd taken it, he would have got the car. Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. It, it, it was. I mean, not only was he high, but he was high on Magic Door, who's about nine foot eight. So you know. <laughs> anyway, poor odd seeds. Uh, he would have he would have gained a lot of ground too, wouldn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah well, his meters four, one moment, please. Four tackles. It's like I'm a servant to you guys now. Seven inside fifties. Um, <laughs> five contested possessions. Winner eighty two percent. What else have we got here? Um, seven score involvements. And uh, meters game five seventy four, so certainly team higher, probably game high actually. Yep, game high five seventy four, and you know he was one bloke that I felt like we were using correctly. He was he was skirting the outside of the contest, but he was going when he needed to go, um, and uh, using his long kicks uh, to pretty good effect. Yeah, we use it. What you're really saying, he's got certain assets, and we use them well. 
Yeah, he, he's a harder player than I think people give him credit for, though. Uh, would you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, look, he, uh, I, I've never seen him as a squib, but he but he did pull out once um, when he was playing with Collingwood, and he missed about the next 10 games because of that. Yeah, but he, he's had to carry that his whole career, and I, I've seen him... Uh, but it was over, only one incident. It was just yeah. the one incident. Yeah. yeah, and it's ridiculous because that's all we heard from Collingwood supporters. Oh, he's soft, he doesn't go in hard or whatever. Uh, I, I, re- I remember, one. yeah, but that's what we were told, that this, oh, he's like mm. this, we watch him all the time and he, he yeah, he doesn't go in, doesn't go in, he doesn't like to tackle. And I went and watched like the first trial or preseason game or whatever we did, I think it was at Sturt Oval, and he was hitting blokes hard and tackling and I'm going, mm, this is not what they told us. And he's never played soft um, at all the entire time he's been with us. He's he's happy to take well, – not happy. You're never happy to take a hit, but it's football. You have to take the hits. Yeah. And he's very happy to dish him out. It's yeah. amazing how a man can get branded on one incident. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and unfairly because he, he's shown throughout his time at the Crows that when he needs to go, he goes. And he's, he's a good tackler. Um, and uh, – I didn't. I mean, we're not going to get into this, but I, I didn't really want him to play because I felt like we were just playing, you know, Russian roulette with his hamstrings. But uh, I'm glad that he got through it anyway. Um, who else can we talk about? I thought Tommy Lynch was all right. Seventeen and six for twenty three. Took eight marks. Miller. Um, one moment, please. Just my request. <laughs> You guys, I'm going to mute you both and just do this bloody show by myself in a minute. Seven, in, <laughs> uh, seven inside 50s, um, five contested possessions. Uh, wasted it a bit, 60.9 disposal efficiency, uh, seven score involvements though, and uh, 387 metres gained. I, I felt like we used Lynch a little bit better or he certainly positioned himself a little bit better this week and got on the end of a few chains, uh, whereas he seems to have been in... in the past couple of weeks, uh, a bit a bit caught for space. Yeah, um, we did use him better, and he had a reasonably good game. Barty Magic says that he was in and out of the game, and I would agree with that. That yeah, um, he he when he flashed in the game, he did it well, and perhaps not quite enough, but um, overall, he, yeah, he get a pass mark though. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was one of his better games we've seen from recently. I kind of. Um, for me, if we were going to bring in Himmelberg, um, it would have been uh, swapping for Lynch. And, you know, because we've talked about it, we think he's possibly injured or he just hasn't been the same Lynch that we know. He, he's getting a lot more attention. I reckon, do you but, know what? I reckon he's got groin problems, Nicky, because there was one point there where the ball got turned over and, and Lynch had to get on his bike to, to you know, take up a defensive zone position. And he was and, running in treacle. Oh, and not only that, he was taking very short steps, um, which is usually a sign that a bloke doesn't want to tweak a, a groin. Uh, I reckon he's got some some pelvic issues there, maybe some OP or so, some sort of groin issue because he's just not he doesn't stretch out at all. No, yes. good, very good point. And um, and you know, by this stage, this stage of the season, a lot of players uh, have sore groins, and uh, and as you say, they, they get a little bit. Uh, wary about uh, pegging them, and uh, yeah, Lynchy has slowed out as the season's gone along. Yep, yep. I mean, he's been crook and you know well documented injury problems, but 
it was very noticeable to me that when he has to stretch out, and even his kicking style is very compact, like he places the ball onto his foot and it's a very stabbing motion, he certainly doesn't extend his leg uh, when he kicks. Maybe that's just his style of running. Uh, who else? Wayne Miller, uh, upon request, 14 and 9 for 23, uh, 7 marks, 3 tackles, uh, 8 rebound 50s. Uh, only two contested possessions, but he was certainly in amongst it. 91% disposal efficiency is outstanding. Uh, two score involvements, 355 metres game, four intercept possessions. I probably had him in our top three. Uh, three. Three. <laughs> um, well, certainly in the best, anyhow. Um, that third quarter where he started just marking everything when they were kicking out of um, defence... They then swapped it up, and it was hilarious to watch them figure out, oh, Miller is over there. We have to go this side. They were trying so hard to keep the ball away from him. He, this year's been very good for him, the move down back, and he's he's really developed this year. I can't wait to see how good he's going to be next year. Well, it'll be interesting to see if they try to get him into the midfield next year. I think another year at halfback would be excellent for him. Uh, yeah, I, I I think I'd prefer him off of half back because we we've kind of seen push him on the wing every so often because that will I think exploit that's his probable spot. Mm. Um, but he does need to run at the ball. The one I want to see in the midfield and I thought did some nice things tonight is Galucci. Going to be a good player. Because that speed, we need speed in our midfield. Not only and that, God, he's he's an intelligent footballer. Yes, he's he's all of those things that you mention. Plus, he is a bloody hard unit. He took some hits in that game. He took a couple from Zebel. Oh, he took one from mark. Cunnington. Um, he is a tough nut. He is a. There was one there that I thought he wasn't going to get up for. Uh, let's talk about him. It's probably his. I reckon it was his best game for the club. So far, yep. yeah, eleven uh, and four. Even though, yeah, pre- preempting our awards, yeah. I, I kind of think I. You guys are preempting. You guys are preempting everything tonight. So why <laughs> change? Hey, all I said was yes. That time. shut up. Eleven and four for fifteen. Four marks. Uh, kicked a goal. A couple of tackles. Uh, four inside fifties. Seven contested possessions, only 60% disposal efficiency. It's probably the only knock. Five score involvements, 284 metres gained, five intercept possessions. He was obviously uh, pl- uh, far more involved like position-wise. I felt like he was. He got some minutes higher up the ground. Um, but he just impressed me with his pace, his presence of mind, and his willingness to put his body over the ball. And he's a bloody good mark. Well, he's, look, he's got he's got a heap of attributes, not not just one. You know, and, uh, uh, I think he's got, he's going to develop into an extremely good player. Yeah. The one downside, um, and I think where that disposal efficiency comes in, was a couple of times. Um, well, one in particular, he picked up the ball and he just just weaved past these North players that just kind of stared in his wake, going, "We can't catch that." And then he goes for a short pass instead of kicking for goal. Yeah, that's the bit he should have been greedy and taken that kick. And that's a young player though, deferring to others. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I 
He, he's definitely midfield potential. He's going to be uh, an excellent midfielder for us. Uh, and the sooner he can get into those rotations, the better off we will be because yep. I think he is a genuine inside-outside player. Um, and I think he, there's, a, there's a touch of class about him to go along with the hardness that he's showed. Uh, there's probably it certainly surprised me somewhat, um, and uh, he, Richie Douglas, may as well get ready for a season in the SANFL next year because uh, Jordan <laughs> Jordan Gallucci is Richard Douglas, or what? Sorry, Jordan Gallucci is what Richard Douglas could have been, in my opinion. With, with speed, I think he's got more talents overall than Richard yeah. Douglas had. I think and uh, Dougie, Dougie was a good player. He was, but, but I think he was a good AFL player. But I think I think Gallucci's got more versatility about him in, in the sense of the, the the assets that he brings to the table. And once he's uh, becomes mature and confident and uh, has that feeling of belonging and doing his own thing, mm. I think he's going to be very good. Mm. Um, on the um, <laughs> on, on on the subject of Richard Douglas, uh, I actually will have him nominated. A bit later, but did, was he as bad at the ground, Nicky, as what he looked on TV? Nope. Please explain. Um, so he, he was part of the, the midfield rotations, and then when he would go up forward, um, his job was to actually mind Majak. And so he was trying to take Majak out of the play. The only problem is that our players would see Dougie leading to the side, and, of course, they'd kick to talking. him. And kind of forget that there's a much taller and quicker player on him. I, I was astounded by the amount of times we kicked it to bloody Magic Door. I, I was, and and that was the thing was Dougie was doing the right thing of trying to take him out of the play and faking of like, oh, kick it to me. He didn't yeah. want them to kick it to him. He and was actually was, doing the right thing. What was Dougie's role? Jump up and hit him on the kneecap. Well, <laughs> Well, no, he he was dragging him away from the play. I, I was going to, and he was dragging him out wide, and we should have been kicking forward. So that that's you know a couple of occasions, but I was going to actually ask whether it was Richard Douglas's role to fumble the ball, uh, to turn the ball over, and to generally <laughs> play our play his teammates into disadvantage because I thought he was woeful with ball in hand. His primary role with ball in hand, I thought he was woeful. Yeah, I, I thought he had a very average game. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd have to. I have to watch the game. Tw- sorry, twelve effective disposals out of twenty. Um, but I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, that's not good enough. I think he tries though, Phoenix. It's, I'm it's not saying he didn't try. I'm not saying I he doesn't he try. Just not me, but you know, he's just becoming not good enough. Look, I I feel like um, when when Dougie's good. Um, he does some very good things. He's a very capable player. But he has some traits that when he's not in 100% peak form, that he gets exposed. And one of them is his inability to keep his feet under pressure. And the second one is he does turn the ball over under pressure. And both those traits were evident today. I felt like he was terrible below his knees. And I... I t- it was a nothing game from from Dougie, um, and with a couple of other midfielders coming up uh, through the ranks in Gallucci and Greenwood, and and maybe Miller are moving in there uh, next year as well. It's got to be nearly time up for Richard, in my opinion. 
Well, they, well, they gave him one year, didn't they? One year, con- yeah. one year extension. Yeah, yeah it was just I, a one year. I think that was recognition. Look, um, let's not drag this on too much more. I thought JJ was really good, and if I had to pick a most improved for the 2018 season, I would pick Josh Jenkins because his yeah. uh, his desire to compete. Uh, he's never going to be a classic Wayne Carey type mark everything, but all we would screaming out for him to do is compete uh, and bring the ball to ground and I I feel like uh, he's really now solidified himself into uh, a very good uh, key position forward Uh, only the seven kicks and and six handballs but he took three marks, kicked three goals, one a couple of hit outs um, six contested possessions um, six score involvements as well I think he's. I think he's finally maturing, and probably this is, uh, uh, you know, instructed by his late start and his basketball background. But I feel like he's he's finally maturing into a a good key position forward. Absolutely, um, yeah. He's, and he's the one forward that we've got that consistently now. This is a guy that we secured not putting in an effort. That that is every week is putting in a hundred percent effort, and uh, even if he's not kicking a heap of goals, I mean he got three himself, and but there would have been others that came from his efforts uh, at, at competing for the ball. So uh, he's becoming well, he's becoming worthy of the contract that he was given. Yeah, yeah, some some really good intelligent play that we've seen from him this year yep. um, is what I've been pleased with as well. Um, kind of heard about how he does he, he does think a bit outside the box we've seen that from some of his um tweets and his articles etc but he does see he does read the game very well um at the ground and he's been and we've talked about how much he's been held lately um that other teams are really identifying that if they give him half a chance he's going to be really damaging and and that's um something that as a forward you can kind of hang your hat on that they're giving you that much attention. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a fit Tex uh, or a, uh, a an Ontong McGovern or, you know, maybe even a, a Himmelberg in there, um, you know, will hopefully take some of that focus away because, let's face it, JJ's been our, our sole consistent forward this year. Uh, yep. He's played pretty much a lone hand. Uh, there's been some cameos from other players, but JJ has been a constant. He's nearly up to 40 goals for the season after a slow start. And, uh, you know, I've been one of his biggest critics, um, but everything that I've criticised him about over the past few years, I feel like he's addressed. And the biggest thing is now he doesn't shy away from physical contact. He actually uh, um, embraces it and, and, and takes it. And that's that was the main thing that I wanted to see from him. So I'm I'm quite happy now that he's our centre half forward and and that he's progressed his game and developed his game uh, enough to to uh, fulfil that role. Even in his rap work, he uses his body yep. a lot more as well. Yep. So uh, yeah, all round uh, well done by uh, Josh to come from from being I think rightly criticised by everybody for a lack of uh, physical effort uh, to raise his game to where he is, out of all the forwards, the only one that's given a consistent year. You know, if you look at uh, uh, Lynch, whether you look at, uh, um, well... There's, been, Walker, no cont- there's Walker, been no continuity, really, between the others. No, Eddie, uh, McGovern, Norton. You know, there's been really nobody else that's really consistently helped him. No. So I, I think well done by him. Yeah. 
Um, look, I think that's probably enough for the individuals. Uh, we'll get to our awards for the week, shall we? Can we just mention one or two others? Um, oh, Andy okay. Otten, I think, I, I was very critical of his uh, being chosen, but I thought that Andy did have a good game. And I thought that um, when, he, when you consider he stood a guy in Ben Brown, and I know they didn't deliver the ball very well to him, but I've I, I got to say, well done by Andy. And uh, also David Mackay, who, who's one of the most maligned players, that poor bugger got flattened and killed about 10 times, but he just he did get up and keep going. So uh, I think they both deserve a mention. Yeah, I, th- I think um, Otten and Jeannie controlling that back line, um, they, they were very undersized, but between the pair of them, they're both very clever um, players and, and they know how to uh, work things to their advantage and, and some of the ways that um, Otten was working Brown to to make sure he couldn't get the free run at it um, so much and it was very clever um, um, play and yeah um, I think he might be lucky to get he might get another an extension maybe next year, but um, I think it should be mostly in the uh, um, in the SNFL as a break class in case of emergency option. Yeah. Well, it's not often that Andy doesn't play a solid game. Like, no. let, let's be honest, he it, comes he, in. He comes in, he does a job, and I think it's worth a contract. Uh, you know, I guess some of it will depend on on list structure and all the rest of it. But if we've got room on our list, he's certainly one to keep in that break class capacity as you say Nicky um, uh, and you're right Maka he deserved a mention because I, I felt like he did do a really good job on, on Ben Brown and, and given how undersized our defence was this week and with those two tall targets that they had if they'd have both got off the chain we would have been in trouble so um, yep absolutely right who was the other one you wanted to speak about oh, I'll just I... say Dave McKay I just, said, I just thought that you know for guy got cleaned up several times, and I'm not talking about little hits. He got some big hits, but he's got a lot of courage. Even um, he, well, maybe he's got no sense. I would have laid there, but you know he, he got up and, and I thought he he did try, and uh, even after he'd been flattened several times, yeah, always tries maker. And I do think that Zebel has got a case to answer for a head high hit on him. Mm, maybe. There's no one ever questions Dmat's courage. Uh, it's usually his use, ball use that is annoying. Um, Twenty-two touches for Dmac is a good return. Ten and tw- uh, twelve and ten, um, and he went at seventy-seven percent and gained us four hundred meters. So he did his he did his job. Can't deny it. Uh, right, let's move on to our award, shall we? So, I don't know, Jet of the Week, um, for mine, I don't know, I'll leave it up to you guys because it's a real mixed bag as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, for me it's actually really hard because there's moments in the game where you had certain players were better than others, but the consistency over the the four quarters is actually a bit more difficult because I think Miller needs to be up there. I, even though you were kind of ranking on Gibbs a bit, I just thought he was so influential. And I know you kind of didn't like Crouchy's game, but I thought Crouchy was up there. 
um, amongst our best players. But it. I think you got yeah, to have Jenkins in there as well. Yeah, he did, and he did really well in the ruck around the ground as well. Yeah, I, I think it's really going to be just a matter of a personal opinion here, but um, I would I would have given it to Matt Crouch for his game, but uh, I accept that others don't don't necessarily agree with that. Um, it's the way you see the game. Um, if you nominated a lady, that's a, a reasonable nomination. Uh, if you nominated C, that's a reasonable uh, one. And also, same with yeah, Nora. he played well too. Yeah. So they, you know, it becomes a personal opinion after that. I think it's almost a toss of the coin. Well, it is, and I, it's really hard. So, who, who is your opinion? Well, I mean, I'm just thinking about it from the point of view of influence on the game, and I'm almost le- leaning towards Jenkins because I feel like the midfield in general broke even. Uh, they got on top at times and then they fell away at other times. But I felt like Jenkins uh, uh, was certainly uh, the player in our team that maybe had the most influence, along with maybe Seedsman. Well, they're both very good. What about you, Nikki? I, I actually like the idea of Jenkins um, because whilst, yeah, he didn't get too much of it, he was being held out of the play a lot. But when he had the opportunity to really make an impact and he did out of little slight chances um, and things like that. And I think you can't go past that. I think, yeah, he, he very much was the difference. In the chat, it has been mentioned by a couple there, which I think they're 100% right. Um Dode was going to be my jet of the jet of the game until he got smashed. Um, yeah. Um, but then he didn't finish the game. But uh, so I mean, I'm happy to go with with whoever gets a majority. So because I thought there were probably about five of them that were about even. Yeah. No. Look, that's that's true, and I think you're right. Uh, and uh, the boys on the chat are right too. Dude uh, certainly uh, was racking it up before he got crunched. Um, and I've got to say, I hope Bryce Gibbs goes and but he helps him out because it was Bryce Gibbs's fault that that all happened because Bryce was indecisive with ball in hand and it led to them fluffing around and then... Uh, no, that was Crouchy. No, it wasn't Crouch, it was Bryce. I wrote it down. <laughs> it was Bryce that actually made the, the initial error um, that led to that whole fluffing around that, the handball over the top that was crouch no it wasn't i'm talking about pretty sure it was crouch i'm talking about the lead up to that not i know it was crouch that made the handball but what what initiated that whole little passage of play was bryce gibbs um stuffing something up i can't remember what he did but he uh he either didn't didn't make a pass or he missed a target or something and then as a result there was a series of handballs that led to Crouchy doing what he did, which led to Duday being put in the position that he had to basically go for a ball that he was always going to get crunched on. Yeah, he was. He was set up. No doubt yeah, about you could see it coming a mile out. Um, all right, let's go on to our breakout award, shall we? WMJ? Well, my nomination for that would be Gallucci. Um, I just thought that you know, he went in this particular game from being uh, a little little contributor on the side to a guy that went out there that 
thought he was good enough to go and get his own ball and, and play his own part of the game. And I thought, um, I, I really liked what I saw about his attitude towards the game. Yeah, I think you said those three of Dude, Miller and Gooch. And for me, as much as I loved Miller's game and Dude's until he got injured, I have to agree with Macca that this was a real step forward for um, Gallucci because we've noticed that he tends to get most of his possessions in the last quarter, but he's from the start, he was making an impact. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy with that. I I think that uh, Miller probably had more influence on the game. Uh, I certainly agree that it was Gallucci's best game, um, and I'm happy for that reason to give the Gooch the the breakout award uh, this week just for that reason, I think. Uh, Give it to Bert. Let's uh, round this all up with uh, the Wake Up Award. There might be a couple of nominations for that one. I really have to cut this one down, you know. (laughs) No, it's the live again. Yeah, Lukey Brown was quiet. I like the song, though. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, Lukey Brown I thought was quiet. Riley Knight didn't justify his selection over Lockie Murphy. Um, Mitch McGovern was in and out. Jake Kelly was in and out. I don't know, what do you guys reckon? Well, I I think until he went back, Mitch McGovern definitely was was in my mind for this particular award. Um, And I think... I'd kick two goals, mate. Yeah, no, I am being harsh. I expect the more. You are more being harsh. I mean, look, up to half time, he had two kicks and two handballs, Nick. So it's not terribly harsh. Yeah, I, I wasn't really wrapped in his game until he went back. But um, and also, I think Eddie to some degree too. No, I didn't think Eddie had a great game. No, that's that's a good call actually, Maka. But considering you absolutely slammed Dougie, why doesn't he get a nomination? Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> I thought that he. I thought he was the lay down winner. Well, I, well, the I only, kind of put him out of my mind. <laughs> well, well, the only the only thing against that, of course, is he he may be playing to full capacity. Yeah, but that doesn't he mean that he shouldn't wake up. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, I, I just felt I I was really disappointed with Riley Knight's game, um, and I, I felt like. His inclusion needed to be justified on the basis of dropping Lockie Murphy, who I don't think had actually done a lot wrong. Um, I don't think he had, but I do wonder whether that was a management thing regarding Murphy. Yeah, but why Riley Knight, who's had knee tendonitis all year and played with a dirty great brace on? Yeah, I I must admit I wouldn't have played with that on. I mean, I, I just felt like... I did, even his trademark mongrel wasn't really on show. Um, you know, he had six kicks, seven handballs, uh, ten effective disposals for the match, only four contested possessions. Um, kicked the goal, obviously, in the goal square there that he nearly fluffed up. I, I don't know. I just felt like it was a bit of a nothing, nothing game from Riley. And he is a low disposal player anyway, so he needs to make impact and... I don't know. I, I was disappointed for Lockie Murphy getting um, dropped, and I felt like someone like Patrick Wilson could have been selected in this particular game over Riley Knight to play that half-forward role, um, even though that's not 
Patrick's usual position. Um, so I, I was expecting more from Knight on the basis that he that he got selected. If, if that makes sense, he started off he started off not too bad, but then he really faded. Mm. I don't know how do you Me, see it, Mac. Well, it, it, it is a toss-up. I think probably when you look at it uh, objectively between Knight and Douglas, because they're probably two two of the worst that we had. So, uh, um, I, I think I think I'd probably like your Douglas one. Yeah, like my Douglas one. Yeah. All right. Well, I thought he, I thought he I thought he was very ineffectual. Well, he was definitely that. He's definitely that. All right. Well, that leaves us with Nikki's. <laughs> Go for it, Nick. Well, Michael Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Elements. Elements of a sling tackle. Oh, you wanker. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a given. Tell us how you really feel. (laughs) (laughs) He's a wanker. He needs to be fired at the end of the year. I don't Um, disagree with that at all. Uh, he's been a blight this entire, entire season. And how he didn't get sacked at the start of the year after abusing an umpire um, that just shows you how pathetic the AFL really are. Mm. Um, weirdly enough, my dad actually said that we should nominate Rucci for an anti-cockwomble. An because lately he's, he's actually been talking sense and making no, sense not and right. not being as... Well, because he was dad. My mother listens to Five Double I keep trying to stop her, but she does. She likes to yell at them. Um, and he had a port supporter. So this is a cockwomble is going to be given to all those port supporters who rang up Five Double yesterday morning to complain about their lack of column inches this week. Oh God! Because yeah. the crows got more stories than they did, and Ruchi had to turn around and go. Well, what are the stories for Port? We report on the news. There are actually 17 sporting teams in this town. Nobody gets an equal amount. Who gets reported are those that have actually news to report. The already was, Dickie, that they, they're complaining about the, how much uh, the lack of reporting for Port Adelaide. It was two full pages on the bastards in, in that very day. <laughs> yeah, they don't pay attention. Well, let's not forget that um, a lot of port supporters can't actually read, so they might actually. Ah, <laughs> oh, I think you're onto something there. They might not realise that articles are about them. They might actually like if it hasn't got a picture, it's not really an article macker for a port supporter. So <laughs> there might have been some columns <laughs> with just a headline and, and some text, and they would they would have thought it was a an ad or something. Um, so and that's a, probably and a, com- and a comic to finish with. Yeah, exactly um, right. Uh, so Slow Ranger Three actually has a very good point. The Zorko for his reaction at the end of the game. Yeah, he was going to be my was, pick. I that, thought he was a dickhead. Yeah, that was just not on. Very, very lack of sportsmanship, wasn't it? And apparently, Kane Corn says that Port is not his team. He just played for them. Oh, he's a wank. Now he is a wank. I mean. <laughs> 
I, I think the the thing the thing with Kane Corns is that if he was up, uh, if he was allowed to be nominated whenever he deserved to be nominated, we'd just call it the the cockwombling Corns number of the week because no one else would get a look in. So don't we have a rule about Kane Corns only being nominated once every month or something or other? Yeah, something like that. Because most of the time, well, the reason I normally Ruchi and Kane Corns are not nominated is because. I don't bother listening to them, therefore I have no idea what they've said because yeah. they don't deserve yeah. to be aired. I must say about Kane Corns, though, someone brought something up uh, during the week on Big Footy which I thought was very pertinent in relation to Kane Corns' ongoing sledging of Tex Walker as captain or, or whether he should be captain of the Adelaide Football Club. Um, this gentleman recounted the time that Kane Corns uh, came runner-up at the Best and Ferris um, at Port Adelaide, I forget who won, um, and Kane obviously felt that he should have won and had to be restrained by his father from walking out of the best and fairest prior to receiving his runners-up award, um, and his award uh, uh, speech consisted of about five words. Now, that's not uh, that's not the actions of someone who can have any sort of opinion at all about anyone's uh, ability to lead or uh, what their leadership qualities are. In fact, Kane Corn shouldn't make any personal statements regarding other people because what he did at that Best and Ferris, I think it was 2005, what he did at that Best and Ferris night just showed what a petulant little child he really is and nothing's changed since he's gone into the media. It's hard to argue with. No, he he's been employed to be a troll. But he's I, a tro- he's, he is by nature. But he's got no credibility, yeah. Nicky, because his his personality is such that he is a type of person who would walk out on his own club's best and fairest because he didn't win an award he felt he should have won, um, and then to get up and not be gracious uh, in his speech. Um, I mean. If, if ever there was someone who was full of their own self-importance more than Kane Corns, I'm yet to see it. He's also a stager. Yeah, he's everything. Everything that he criticises, he actually personifies. Everything, Nikki. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, is he actually a respected player? And I would say if you polled his peers at the time, that would be a no. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 I can't say what I really think about it, and I think otherwise I might get sued. That's why I'm not saying very much. <laughs> but I do think um, Zorko for this week, he has yeah. to win it. Yep. Yeah, good one. Just for the, that reaction at the end. I really like Zorko as a player, but he was still trying to bait Suns players. I, I think he has got a bit of dickhead about him, Dane Zorko. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's not the first time he's he's done a few uh, a few dickhead things like that, and uh, no, I think there is no, a bit no, of that Hodge, about him. Hodge's influence is showing through up no, at Brisbane. No, Zorko's been like that before Hodge turned up. He has, but I, but I think it's been enhanced this year. Yeah, maybe. No, no, I think he, I think he's done it before too, though. Nicky, been before uh, Hodge went up there. I, I think he's got a. A little, little bit of petulance in him, and uh, yeah, he he actually makes a fool of himself. 
Yeah. Anyway, look, I reckon we've done pretty well to hit the uh, 90-minute mark, considering we're going to only make this a quick one. (laughs) Thank you to everyone who joined us on uh, Facebook Live. Excellent to see you there making some comments. Uh, We had Amanda from... uh, Calgary, I think it was in uh, in Canada, listening in, and she's currently watching the game, and then going to watch uh, the Crowcast again on replay. So, thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks to our stalwarts in the Spreaker chat. Uh, another lively discussion, over six hundred comments on Spreaker, and uh, I'm going to work out a way of putting it on our Facebook Live feed so people can see how much activity uh, there is on our Spreaker chat because it's uh, it's it adds to the enjoyment, I think, of us doing it on a Sunday night as well. Don't you reckon, guys? It's definitely fun. And some very good stuff on there as well. Yeah, these, it's some excellent, guys. excellent comments. So, sometimes I'm paying attention to the chat and I'm going, oh, hang on, what planet was Phoenix talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they know their stuff and I know, I, I pinch a lot off of them and I'm looking at it. So it's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I was going to say, make sure you don't miss Tuesday. I reckon it'll be pretty lively on Tuesday. DSG, who the hell is Brian? DSG's just said, say hello to Brian, please. Who the hell is Brian? Hi, Brian. I don't know who the hell Brian is. Hello, He's Brian. not the Messiah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, look, don't forget you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at AFL Crowcast. You can listen to us just about everywhere. If you're listening to us on iTunes, please drop a review uh, for us. That would be great. Uh, we're now on TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Facebook Live, obviously, and you can catch us on demand uh, on any of those places, including our own website, even YouTube these days. So get around us. Uh, thanks for your ongoing support. We'll be back again on Tuesday night for Tuesday Night Live, where I th- am sure that'll be a lively night's discussion. In the meantime, thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Mecca. Night all. And we'll b- bugger off and have a good week, everyone. Yeah, good night all. <laughs>